I have struggled for a couple of days of trying to figure out how to preach um, what has been going on in my spirit and heart. And the song uh, encapsulated a lot of that. And uh, I, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of information and so forth. And so I, uh, I'm going to just jump in. I, I don't want to overwhelm you. I, I'm going to try to make it uh, as succinct and, and simple. Um, but we are growing <laughs> apostolic legacy. And I'm just want to been feeling like talking about completion because um, it's important to feel complete and yet how do you feel complete when do you reach that point where you feel like I've done all I need to do and I know it's easy to pray that prayer at times. It can be a struggle, but, you know, we all have said, I know Brother Bob Keyes has told me, I, I told the Lord, if you're done with me, take me home. I know we've all felt those feelings of, Lord, if you're done with the church, get us out of here. If you're done with this, get us away. If you're through using me, take me out of here, whatever. And that's not a... Inappropriate prayer, it's not a bad prayer, and yet it can unfortunately uh, speak to you know that struggle that's going on because we can feel like a piece of the puzzle is missing or something's missing in my life and something's not there. And unfortunately, when you begin to feel like you know, there's something missing, uh, individuals will try to plug that hole with something. You know, and that's where you can get into trouble. Uh, you can plug it with uh, inappropriate things, addictions, and you can plug it with all kinds of things that I'm, I'm missing something and I need to stick something in that hole that's in the soul of mine. And I realize that this is not a new phenomenon. It went on, Jesus told the parable. And those of you that remember the story of the, the man that built barns and he uh, was trying to save money so that he would feel at ease and he would feel comfortable and he felt like he could have enough in retirement savings or whatever the case would be that he would have enough if I could just make a little more money, I, I, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be destitute. I don't want to be begging. And so I'm going to build these barns. And he filled them up. And you remember the story? And he then said, I tell you what, I, it looks like the economy is turning down and things are getting more expensive. And when I started with these barns, I thought that would be enough. But now I'm going to have to tear those barns down and build bigger barns. And when I get the bigger barns built, then I'll be comfortable and I'll be at ease and I'll be at peace and I'll be okay and I'll be able to rest and I'll be able to relax and I'll be able to take a deep breath. And you remember the story. That night 
the Lord came to him and said, you know, you can't speak to that hole in your soul. You can't say, and he had tried to say to his soul, take thine ease and rest and relax. When I fill these up, I'll be able to feel good and everything will be all right and I will be complete. I will be complete. And yet, Paul wrote a letter, probably in prison, to a church at Colossians. We have no record that Paul ever went to Colossae, and it was near Laodicea, it was in present-day Turkey, and we've been talking and hyphen about some of the churches that were in Turkey, and Paul wrote this letter to this church, and I am, am overwhelmed when I try to read it because I've quoted and I've preached from a lot of the verses, but just trying to eat the entire four chapters has been almost uh, <clears throat> mind-blowing for me, and that's the part that I'm struggling with, and I'm going to try to help you maybe see it or, or at, least, at least share a little bit with you. But it's, it's just four chapters, and I know it was a long letter. It wasn't written in chapter form, but actually the first two chapters talk about a vertical relationship a relationship with Almighty God. And then the third chapter and the fourth chapter talk about horizontal relationships and talk about how you work out the vertical relationship in your horizontal relationships. And that's what it's all about. And, and it's amazing because as Paul writes this letter, he blasts completion. He blasts that feeling of you feel incomplete. You feel like you are, you are missing something and you feel like that, you know, there is something that you, are, you need. And I understand people have searched for whatever, that hole in the soul. And, and the ideas, and I, I say this very kindly, but the ideas have become more and more wild about how to fill that hole in my soul. If I were to change my financial status, if I were to change my educational status, if I were to change my, my relationship status, if I were to change who my friends are, if I were to change... Uh, Myself, my gender, my identity, who I am, what I am. Then I will feel whole. Then I will feel complete. Then I will feel real. I will have a realness about me that I will then be able to go forward and I will be able to feel good. And I, I, I've seen folks struggle with that. And, and I found these two verses in Colossians as I was reading. And I have read it and read it and reread it and reread it. And I, in fact, I told my wife when I picked her up last night, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just can't. I don't know what to say tomorrow. I don't know what to even begin to say tomorrow because it's just the book. I have, and, and you, that's your homework. If I've been rereading it and reading it, then you need to read it and reread it. It's all I know. If the Lord's bothering me with it, you need to be bothered with it. 
The first two chapters are about the vertical relationship. The next two chapters, horizontal. And then Paul finishes, and Paul probably wrote this when he was in jail, and there are some verses that allude to that. Probably when he was in a, a, play, a place of, of incarceration, maybe having never gone to Colossae, and, there, and the city was, uh, uh, you know, not a, a super city, but it was a, a large city. There were a lot of learned people there, a lot of philosophical ideas, a lot of, of uh, ideas from Greek and from different, uh, the Romans now that were there that were talking about what will make you feel good, what will make you feel complete. And he writes these two statements. One's in the second chapter and one's in the fourth chapter. And the first one is, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Not ye were complete, you shall be complete, but present tense, ye are complete in him. Now, an another reason why this book is so uh, difficult is in the original Greek as you read it and even in the English they transpose it fairly well there's these long long sentences that go verse after verse after verse after verse after verse in fact this verse has all you English majors what is that at the end of it a colon Ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, colon. And so, in other words, this verse was not a standalone verse. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll read that verse to you in its entirety. When you go down to the fourth chapter, he is talking about possibly this guy was the pastor of the church, Epaphras, or whomever he was the pastor, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you. And you know what he says about this? He is laboring fervently. In the Greek, it is sweating, working out. I know most of you don't work out. Get up early in the morning, 4.30. Wherever you go, find a gym. Make sure you can find one. Some do, but not all. But Epaphras was working out how? In prayer. He is praying, and what is his prayer? He is that you may stand perfect, and complete in all the will of God. Now, which one of those is correct? Are you already complete? Or does somebody need to pray for us that we will be complete? That we will stand complete? Could they possibly both be correct? And that's the struggle. Because the second chapter is about 
our standing with God. The fourth chapter is about our present state. You understand? When you repent of your sins, you go down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you take on his righteousness, you come up not with your righteousness, but with his righteousness, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm here to tell you, you're, this is what we commonly call the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection we understand it. Paul talks about it. I can give you a Bible study, show it to you. We've got people in here that have, have pounded those words. We've passed out tracts. We've talked about death, burial, resurrection, what the gospel is, the good news, death, burial, resurrection. And I, I, am, I, I believe it. I, I know it. I, I know that's what it is. And yet at those moments, then our standing is complete. I don't need, and I understand people will say, you're saying grace or works. Nothing else. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Okay? You get him. You get, you tell him you're sorry. You, you tell him I need to, your help to change my life. You take his name in baptism and you get the spirit that raised him from the dead flowing through you. That's all you need to go to heaven. Your standing is complete. It's not like, okay, well, you've got to do this and you've got to come to church and you've got to read the Bible and you've got to pay your tithes and you've got to quit doing this and you've got to quit doing that. It's Jesus plus nothing as far as our standing goes. You understand? I hear something. Yes. <laughs> Are you agreeing with me? Totally. totally. All right. But once you get complete in him, and this is the part that's going to be hard to explain, sometimes you got to pray fervently. Yes. <laughs> sometimes you've got to work diligently. Yes. Sometimes you got to connect with someone who will pray fervently with you in order to stand in the completion in which the Lord has provided when you received the Holy Ghost, when you were buried in his name, and when you repented of your sins. It's not a question of, well, this is bringing me salvation. It's in my present day standing. Less than two years ago, I went through Walmart and saw shelves on the upper left. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody see some of those? I heard repeatedly about our wonderful supply chain. Foods lost at the port. I talked to one of our pastors in Guam 
who, when after World War II, the United States wanted to protect the island of Guam, and they, one of our territories, and they said, we will not allow any ship to dock in Guam that comes from any other country but the United States so that the Chinese or the Japanese or the Filipinos cannot just immediately send ships there and unload things. They've got to ship that to San Francisco, Los Angeles. It's got to be taken off the boat, inspected, gone through, loaded back on the boat, shipped back to Guam. That's why when you go to Guam, they love spam. Because spam can survive the journey. I ate spam every day when I was in Guam. Our family went to Guam. I cut up and fried spam in the morning for them. I said, guess what? You can get this at home. And they said, don't you dare. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just lost a multi-million dollar contract with spam as an influencer. Now, which store would you like to shop in? The one on the upper left or the one on the lower right? It's got so much stuff, they've got stuff in the aisle. Aisles are crunched together. I could get real technical for those of you who are, have a lot of business acumen and say, which one had sufficient startup capital? Because if I can afford to build a store, I need to be able to afford to stock the store. You understand? And yet, we know that there were stores that had sufficient startup capital that had empty shelves because of the supply chain. You see what I'm saying? And so that's why we would say, well, we all would prefer to shop at the store on the bottom right because the shelves are all faced. But I want to tell you, do you know how long that store looks like that? Huh? I worked at Kroger when I was a kid and worked in the produce department. And when we weren't doing something in our department, we were understanding orders to face the shelves. What that was slang for us was that you got on a stool and you pulled all the cans from the back right up to the front where it looked like the shelf was full. And do you know how often I did that? All the time. Because some precious lady would walk through and she would take a can of green beans, can of corn, and 
something else, and immediately a hole would show up. Huh? And if you didn't have stock in the back room to plug that hole, you had to get out and go pull the stock so that the look would be, we have plenty of food. We're living in a society that faces FaceTime, Face, whatever, about how complete they are, but there's a hole in the soul, and that hole can only be filled by the presence of Almighty God. And that's what Paul wrote in Colossians. And you say, well, but you don't understand. I, I've, I've been healed and I, it's a miracle and the healing is complete. And I, I just, I, 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 I understand what you're saying and yet human logic and reasoning says you're missing something in your life. You are incomplete. There's something you're missing. And I've seen folks struggle. If I could do this, if I could speak, if I could look better, if I could have a different husband, wife, children, more money, more education, if I had a friend, if I had a, if I had a, if I had a, if I had something, I'm missing it, I'm incomplete. And they try to figure it out. What would make me feel complete? And this incompletion, this feeling of being incomplete produces agitation and stress and unease and anxiety. And, and, and I, I just wish if I could just, if I could just, if I could just get whatever. If I, and I remember, y'all probably, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it takes a hard time for me to remember, but if I could just be 16, if I could just be 18, huh? And maybe you never said that. If I could just have my own car, man, oh man. And now you got one and it's a struggle. Keep it running, keep it full of gas. Huh? And so my anxiety, and so it, it kind of boils down to, I must become a saint by doing good things. I need to be a better Christian by doing more good. And so I start with trying to do good to get saintly. God, on the other hand, and this is what Paul was writing in Colossians, says you've got to start from completion and then strive to stay complete. Because you are complete when you come out of the water speaking in other tongues. You are as complete as you will ever be. It's the struggle to stay complete. And I will confess as a pastor, none here, they all lived in the South, but there were people that I thought, Lord, the best shot that they have is when I bring them up out of the water Take them home. Nobody here have I felt that way about. I'm just being honest as a pastor. 
which led to the thought, maybe if I held them under a little longer, And I realized how incomplete I was at that moment. Okay. You, you see why this just bothered me? Because I, I'm... And yet, what the Lord would say, you get the Holy Ghost, you're a saint. You know? It's not like, okay, well, what have you done to be deserving of sainthood or sisterhood or brotherhood? I want to tell you, you can't do enough to deserve any of those distinctions. I can call you brother, I can call you sister, I can call you saint, I can call you any name you want me to call you. I can't make you that. But when you get the Holy Ghost, guess what? Bam, it's done. But because it's done, I've got to work to do saintly stuff. And that's not always easy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And that's what the proverbial battle between the flesh and the... Because... <laughs> Paul opened his book to Romans. He opened his book to Corinthians. And you know what distinction he used? He said to the people at Rome, call to be saints. To the people at Corinth, called to be saints. <laughs> Many are called and few are chosen. And it's not that God doesn't choose you. It's that I don't choose to be saintly. You understand? And that's a struggle. And, and I, 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 I get it, this letter that Paul wrote. Now, I, I put in here, uh, I kind of got off topic, and I'll, I'll just, I'll touch on it, because a lot of people look at Colossians, and they talk about it's not by works you're saved, and I know that. It's by grace, and yet, you know, it takes work to keep the shelves full basically, is what I would say to you. And, and I recognize that even in the Old Testament, although they were all Jews and they didn't have any repentance and they didn't have any of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, there was this thing called leprosy. We talk, talk about it like sin. And when you study leprosy, if you became leprous, if you became sin-soaked, after here you are a Jew, here you are a child of God, here you are whatever your case is, that there was a special law, Leviticus the 14th chapter. You can read the whole chapter because it talks about in your body, it talks about leprosy could get in your house. In the stones of your house. You understand? So here it is. Other one? It's in my sock. Now, that's what you've been trying to tell me for 30 minutes? I would have been complete. You see, I knew this was going to descend into oblivion today. <laughs> and it goes through the 
this whole thing of having gotten rid of the leprosy, what you had to do to be officially declared clean. You had to get birds and you had to get running water and you had to get offerings, trespass, sin offerings, burn offerings. You had to kill one bird, dunk one bird, pull the bird out. The priest had to take you outside of the camp seven days. There was this whole process. Take the live bird, turn it loose, take two male lambs, take a female lamb. And you had this whole process to go through in order to be officially declared clean. So, here we are. Paul's writing to a church in Colossians, and he opens up like this. I I know I'm not going to be able to finish even the first chapter, but he is talking about if you want to be complete, you're going to have to maintain a powerful vertical relationship with Almighty God. And it's not going to stop there. You've got to be able to translate that into a powerful horizontal relationship with other people. You can't walk around and be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. You can't be so, oh, I, I hear visions and I see angels and I see little butterflies and I see all of this. But don't you talk to me. I'm so mad at you. I could knock your block off. You're not complete. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what the Paul was trying to tell those in Colossae. But you can't be all sweetness and honey. Oh, I love you, honey. I know you're so wonderful. And I don't ever pray and I don't ever fast and I don't ever get my soul filled. I don't worry about my connection with him. Are you understanding where this book is and what's going on? Here's what Paul said when he opened up, and I I don't know how far I'll get. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. In other words, right in the very beginning, he starts connecting to people. I've got Timothy, and to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, Two different kinds of people, saints and faithful brothers. Faithful brothers, they recognize there's a connection to somebody else and they're not just saints, but they're faithful brothers. It's okay to be a faithful brother, but you gotta also be a saint. And it's not enough just to be a saint if you're not also a faithful brother. Which are at Colossae. And then here's what he said, you're gonna need a bunch of Grace be unto you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he said, here's what you got to start doing. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always. You got to start thanking God. You want to get to, you feel like something's missing in your spirit, your, your soul. Oh, if I just had a this, it's time to hit the prayer. It's time to get the vertical relationship going. It's time to get back into the vertical relationship. You got to start thanking God. You got to come and start praising God. You got to start praying for somebody else. That's the horizontal the relationship. Why? Because 
because if you allow yourself, you'll focus on your shelves and what you've got, what you don't have, and miss how that God wants to fill you up to be a blessing to somebody else. There's somebody that needs whatever you have on the shelf. If you don't have enough, go back and get some more. He said, we give thanks, praying always, since we heard of your faith. And then that's what the next big thing, faith in Jesus Christ. And that's, here it is, the spiritual again. You're going to have to have a lot of faith in Jesus in this hour. And guess what else you're going to have to have? The love which you have to all saints. It's not enough just to have faith if you don't have love. If you can talk about somebody else and talk about this one and do that and you can't have love, then I'm telling you, you're incomplete. Not my words, Paul's words. He said, for the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. Oh, I have hope that anchors my soul within the veil. What is that hope? You know, well, if I, I can't wait till I'm a, I'm a, I'm a well-known evangelist. I'm a, I'm a superintendent. I've got this, I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I'm a banker. I'm a worship leader. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'll be complete. I want to tell you something. None of that will complete you. Amen. Sorry. You know when I'm going to finally be complete? When I step on the streets of gold. That's the first time it's permanent completion. Up until then, there are idiots that are taking stuff off my shelves every day. Maybe not yours. You ain't been out there. Huh? There's somebody that's grabbing a can of corn or a can of beans, butter beans or whatever it is. And no matter how awesome you think you look, you can have your little pants leg tucked in your side. We love you, Pastor. Just think you are God's gift and there... Is your fool pants leg. You got to get your eyes off of all this stuff and focus on where my hope is. My hope is not that one day we need to tear this building down and build a bigger building. That'd be great if we do. I'd, I'd love it if we had 10,000 here going to church. But you know what? That's not where my hope is. That won't make me feel complete. Because I'm just telling you, I'll be honest with you as a human, if we were running 10,000 tomorrow, I'd want to run 15 next year. Okay? My hope Yes, I would love to see every, every service somebody's getting filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, but that's not what's going to make me complete. My hope is laid up in heaven. Let me, let me, let me, I, I'm, I, let me just, I don't know where to stop. You heard the word of truth of the gospel. Remember I told you, death, burial, and resurrection, which 
is come for you as it is in the world and it brings forth fruit as it does also in you where since the day that you heard it and knew of the grace of God as you have learned of Epaphras our dear fellow servant who is for you a faithful minister of Christ that's why we think he was the pastor who also declared unto us your love in the spirit for this cause since the day we heard it we do not cease to pray for you desiring that you be filled filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding and that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This is one of those forever sentences. Notice the semicolon, semicolon, semicolon. Paul's got one thought and he's just pounding it and pounding it and he's pounding it. And he says, strengthened When you get into that vertical relationship for a moment and the church begins to gather around and pray for you, you begin to raise your hands and you step into that completion that comes only through his presence. It begins to put cans of corn on the shelf cans of butter beans and all of a sudden you are strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience I don't have enough patience you know what you need to do pray through some more unto all patience and long suffering I'm not long suffering enough I get I have a hair trigger I get mad like that you know what you're you're incomplete Oh, you don't know how bad my life is. You don't know what my my mom did. You don't know what my dad did. You don't know what my parents did. You don't know what my wife did. You don't know what my children said. You don't know what they did to me. Don't you realize you could be complete today? Oh, I'm not talking. Your kids may never speak to you again. And your wife may say, I don't want to ever see you again. But there is a feeling that you can get. Paul was telling them, when you step to that presence that you will leave with joy unspeakable and full of glory you won't know how to do it anymore but you know what there'll be a smile on your face of joy unspeakable giving thanks to the father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness I'm here to tell you he is able to take you out of every darkness every kind of oppression every kind of frustration he is able to put the light of the Holy Ghost inside of you and has translated us into the kingdom of 